0: Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, giving leaders the tools and information they need to grow and change their world. Now here's your host, Dale Dixon.
1: Welcome to episode 133, Building Resilience in Challenging Times. This is the Complete Leader Podcast, everything you need to become a high-performing leader. I'm your host, Dale Dixon, with Ron Price. Ron, so good to see you.
0: It's great to see you, Dale. I cannot believe that you've put up with me for this long—103, oh, no. 133 episodes.
1: <laughs> I was just thinking, what a what a cool opportunity to have 133 of these great conversations under our belt. So, uh, I always look forward to them. Uh, the, uh, the podcast, really quick, just a little bit of housekeeping for our listeners. If you are listening to this podcast for the first time on your favorite podcast playing app, welcome. We appreciate you being here. Please subscribe to this podcast. Also keep in mind that a video version of this podcast is available at thecompleteleader.org. It's the website. Easy to find. Over 700 resources available as you grow in this leadership journey. So today, though, we are talking about this idea of resilience. And I would say, uh, as we record this in January of 2021, looking back at 2020, there were a few challenging times, to put it mildly, and understated uh, for a lot of folks. So this idea of resilience is something for us to really uh, key in on today. So we, we talked about managing time and our priorities in the most recent two podcasts. And today, along similar lines, we're going to be talking about building resilience. So you'll connect that for us, Ron, and, and how does it really fit together?
0: Yeah, well, obviously, um, we, we talked about time and priority management. Then we talked about how do you overcome or how do you conquer overcommitment? And these are related to resilience because one of the big causes of fatigue today is overcommitment or inappropriate managing of your time and priorities. So if you think of fatigue as sort of being the other side of resilience, if you can figure out how to minimize the fatigue, you've already given yourself a head start for building more resilience. resilience is such an interesting topic, Dale, because I think a lot of people think of it as, they think of it as well, this person just naturally has resilience, but I don't really believe that's the case. Of course, we're all different personality-wise in different ways, so some people may have a little bit more natural inventory to work with to begin with, but resilience is something that we build and we've actually identified it as a leadership skill So why would you call resilience a skill? A skill is something where you learn and then you practice. So if I wanna improve my golf game, I learn a certain part of the golf game, whether it's putting or swinging the driver or whatever. But just knowing the mechanics of it doesn't make me better, it doesn't give me skill. I have to practice it. And if I'm consistent in practicing the right way of doing it, I develop a skill. And I think of a skill, we demonstrate it when we actually perform, when we can create a result that we want. So we think of resilience that way. It's a skill that you first need to understand the how, but then you need to practice it and practice it regularly in order to master it as a skill. And I know that it's a skill that um, many, many people could benefit from developing because of research that we've done. We, one of our psychometrics that we use lets us know what people's attitude is toward all the stuff they have to do every day. The meetings, the appointments, the, the tasks they need to complete, all of that. And it shows us what their mindset is. So we have three different measurements that we look at. One is that they're leaning into those things with enthusiasm. We say that those people love to do things immediately, thoroughly, and cheerfully. Our research shows that only 7% of people in North America have that mindset toward getting things done. 87% of people in North America have just the opposite. They feel overwhelmed or they're a little bit withdrawn or a little bit detached. They've got some fatigue that's keeping them from being able to really power through with all of their energy. And I think of this, I think of uh, For instance, in football, they have something called the two-minute drill. It's usually at the end of the half or at the end of the game. And so many games are won or lost in those last two minutes. And how do they do that? It's resilience. They rise to the occasion because of the inner strength that they have to execute quickly and hopefully flawlessly so that they can accomplish their goals right at the end. I think a lot of us fall short of the results we could be getting because we don't have a good 2 minute drill and we don't have a good 2 minute drill because we don't have resilience.
1: As as you talk through this I'm thinking back to some of my favorite biographies and you think about every story has a an element. I mean if story is challenge, struggle, resolution, those are the three elements of every great story and Resilience is a part of that mix: challenge, struggle, resolution. And uh, the greatest stories show people who have tapped into that skill of resilience. Yeah. So, you really let's right. define it.
0: Well, so resilience, I there are a lot of ways you can think of it, but I would say that it's the ability to persevere when difficulties arise. It's the ability to get through things that would normally be draining or stressful. One of the, uh, in an earlier podcast, we talked about this as a skill and we we talked about trees as being a metaphor for us. The tree's ability to flex in in a windstorm and not break. And the strength that they have for that is um, a sign of resilience and It's interesting when you use the tree as the metaphor, because the primary way that the tree develops its strength or its resilience is by its root system. Different trees have different kinds of root systems. Some of them go deep. And so they get their strength from going very deep with their roots. Some of them, um, it's not so much that their roots are deep as that they're close to other trees and their roots are intertwined with other trees. The redwoods are a good example of that. So they're developing their resilience against the storms based on their root system. So I think that's an interesting way for us to think about building our resilience as well.
1: I'm thinking back, we you know we started talking about what we went through in 2020 and the COVID and, and the number of people who are working from home. Do you see how do you see an interaction there? Is that a skill building opportunity for folks? As it caused us to look at resilience in a different way?
0: Well, um, stress or discomfort uh, always offers us the opportunity for growth. As a matter of fact, one of the things that I believe is that almost all of our growth happens on the edge of discomfort. There's something that we want that we're not getting or that we're not getting the way we want it. And so we go about figuring out how can I grow? How can I change? What do I, what do, I do either in my environment or with myself so that I can reach toward that um, standard that I have of who I want to be or what I want to accomplish? So without a question, um, because of what happened in 2020 with the pandemic, some people decided to send their roots deeper. They they said, I'm. I know I can't control what's happening out there. There are a lot of unknowns. There are a lot of things that are uncertain, but what I can control is how I respond to it. So I'm gonna go and send my roots deeper. Uh, So yes, we can, but it's not an automatic. I think of it as um, we get to choose and we can let difficulties drive us further away from resiliency and drive us into more fatigue, or we can use them as an opportunity to develop that skill more. Unfortunately, Dale, the reason that we're talking about this is because I I read a lot of literature around what's happening in organizations. I study leadership and innovation and culture and strategy and performance. These are all things that I'm regularly monitoring And I've seen this topic pop up over and over and over again that there's a lot of fatigue right now. There's a lot of um, varying degrees, but a lot of discouragement with people and not just about people who maybe lost their job because of the pandemic. That's definitely a big crisis and a difficult time and it challenges our resilience. But there are a lot of people who are fatigued because of the different kind of work schedule that they're on, they're working from home they can't get away from work. They don't have a transition with a commute, whether they're walking, biking, or in a car. They're, they're not going through that transition. If they leave something undone, it's just one room away from where they're having dinner. And so um, people have had to rethink how they manage their themselves mentally and emotionally and physically in light of the large number of people that are working from home right now. So yeah, I think it's actually been accentuated, both the opportunity and the risk associated with uh, fatigue has been amplified through this period of time.
1: I'm thinking to Jim Collins, good to great, as he talked about, um, and he he used the example of prisoners of war and equated it to the Stockdale effect, the people who were overly optimistic heading into a challenging time. It doesn't work. The over optimism doesn't work. It's those people who have a firm grasp of reality. It's called the Stockdale paradox. But I think that's an interesting way to look at this and and building our resilience is we have to look at our situation with a, a level of realism and understand what's going on and not be overly optimistic about it. So How do we get ourselves in a place where we're building this skill and avoiding the fatigue that you talk about and and getting ourselves stuck in a place where we're not as resilient as we could be?
0: Yeah. Well, first of all, let me go back and say, I don't want all of our optimists out there all of a sudden to be fearful. No, Um, no, no, no. Because what Jim was talking about, I'm glad you brought that up, Dale, because it's a really interesting case study what he was talking about is that the prisoners of war who would say, oh, we're gonna be out by Christmas. We're gonna be released by Christmas. Christmas would come and go and they weren't released and they had been placing their optimism in a false hope, in a hope that was beyond their reach. They, they were sort of believing in magic in a way. And, and when that didn't happen, then they actually got more discouraged and a lot of those people didn't survive. In contrast, the people who did survive, and this is not only through James uh, Stockdale's experience, but also through um, Viktor Frankl in his book, Man's Search for Meaning. The people who figured out a way to have a purpose for living, and they weren't so much depending on their external environment to bring them relief, but they were focused on the development of their internal environment for relief those were the people who thrived. So in a way you could say, are you gonna be an internal optimist? or Are you gonna be an external optimist? And um, anything to an extreme, whether it's optimism, pessimism, anything to an extreme can be dangerous. It can be damaging for you. We need optimists, we need pessimists. We need a good balance between the two of them to have good balance in society. But internally, I believe that the better orientation is to be an optimist about who I could become and to be a little bit skeptical about how much of the world is going to bow its knee to whatever your wishes are. that's, That's the mindset that I think is the most successful. So how do you do that? I think you have to break resilience down into different dimensions because as human beings, we're multifaceted. So there are five different areas of resilience that I've thought about. There may be more, but there are five that I've paid attention to and I've seen how they impact me when I work on developing resilience as a skill and as a set of habits in those five areas. So it begins with physical and then emotional. The third one is intellectual, the fourth one is spiritual and the fifth one is financial. I think about what it means to grow your resilience in those five areas and you do it by establishing a set of habits and doing those things well, which turns those habits into skills, and that increases your resilience.
1: It's an investment.
0: It is an investment, and and for many years, I was sort of disappointed saying, there are too many parts of me that I have to work on. I'm never gonna get there. One of the things I've uh, discovered is that if you work on one of those, you make progress you don't have to work on all of them at the same time now once you've built up a set of habits and, and a habit by nature is a set of activities that you repeat over and over and over again i believe they become what we call a habit when they're easy to do it's it's uh, once you get in motion it's easy to stay in motion so i think you build one and then you once you've got it so that it's easy for you to maintain it, or we could say it's easy for you to stay in orbit, then you can look at another area of resilience that you want to build. And my experience helping people has been, don't try to do all five at once, pick the one that you think is going to bring some encouragement and bring some relief and some energy and work on that for a while. And once you've made that a part of who you are, then you can move to another.
1: So I'm looking through the list, physical strength, emotional strength, intellectual strength, spiritual strength, financial strength. As I think, okay, how do I build financial, uh, physical strength? It's exercise, um, taking care of my health, Uh, intellectual strength. It is what can I learn today and always be seeking to learn Uh, spiritual strength. It's a faith walk. Uh, We've talked about that. Financial strength. Am I, living to a budget? Am I putting money away so that when the ch- challenging times come, I'm ready? Do you mind if we if we break out emotional strength and use that as an example on w- how do we start to invest in this area of, of building those strengths? If we were to pick one and really work on it, let's just, for sake of conversation today, pick emotional strength and what does that look like?
0: Yeah, and, and maybe in our next conversation we can dig into each one of them a little bit, but For instance, if you look at emotional strength, the first step to developing more resiliency and more strength in emotion is to become more aware of what you're feeling. A lot of people, especially men, we sort of think, well, emotions are things we're not supposed to pay much attention to. And so we go through our day either not acknowledging the emotion or not knowing exactly how to understand what's going on, what it is. In a certain sense, you can't separate emotion from the others because the others all impact emotional strength or emotional resilience quite a bit. But it's it's how often can you recognize a disruptive emotion or a negative mood or impulse, and then how do you learn how to deal with it so that it doesn't dominate your day, it doesn't dominate your experience? That's part of how you build resilience. So it's both it's both defensive and offensive. The offensive part of it is how do I nurture the right kind of emotions that are going to give me resilience? And the defense is what do I do when I get confronted with a negative emotion that I know is going to take away my resilience? And I believe that all human beings face both of those all human beings have some disruptive emotions or moods that we have to learn how to recognize and to realize that you don't have to be that emotion that you can learn how to control it, manage it or redirect it. And we all have the opportunity to build up this reservoir of positive emotional energy that will help get us through the day. So. We, I think maybe in our next conversation, we can dig into all that, but I, you touched on something that I'd like to talk about before we finish here today, Dale. That is um, one of the real keys to building resilience we can find in the way that we think about building physical resilience. When, you, when you're trying to build strength physically, the whole key to it is to go through some kind of a stress physically but it's not too great of stress. So if you think about weightlifting or if you think about a cardiovascular or something like that, you want to stress yourself, but not too much. If it's weightlifting, you want to make sure that you don't stress yourself to the point where you pull a muscle or injure a muscle. If it's cardio, you want to make sure that you stress yourself, but not so much that your heart, your pulse gets into a dangerous range. So you, you go up to this point where you've stressed and then you have to go through a resting period because the new strength is actually added during the resting period. Let's say you do a good workout with your muscles. You're not actually adding strength while you're doing the workout, you're stressing your muscles. The strength gets added in how your muscles recover from what you did. So if you worked out every day with the same muscles, you're not really giving your body a chance to get stronger. You're either gonna plateau or you're potentially gonna injure yourself. Well, think about that emotionally. I call this the stress recovery rhythm. So you need to stress and then recover, stress and then recover. Well, how do we do that emotionally? A, a wonderful story, Norm Cousins, who wrote a book called The Anatomy of an Illness, is told from the point of view of the patient. He was diagnosed with an incurable disease that caused great pain throughout his nervous system. And there was they couldn't really find anything to help him. He got frustrated being in the hospital, and he convinced his doctor to let him check out of the hospital and check into a hotel room so that he had a little bit more quiet and felt like he had a little more control of his environment. And he got his friends to get him a bunch of, this is a number of years ago now, they got him a bunch of Laurel and Hardy movies. And he also, by the way, took copious amounts of vitamin C. But... He started laughing at those movies, and for that moment when he was laughing, he would forget the pain. And he eventually, I don't know if you could say he cured himself, but he became symptom-free from this thing that was supposedly incurable. And he used laughter therapy as a way to do it. So think about the stress recovery. The pain was the stress. The laughter was the recovery the pain was the stress, the laughter. He kept doing that and he kept getting stronger and stronger and stronger. So that's one example of developing emotional strength through a series of habits.
1: Mm -hmm. So the takeaway the to do from this podcast for our listeners, I'm going to challenge, uh, this is what I'm going to do for me is I'm going to walk away from this podcast and I'm going to assess where am I at uh, thinking about it from a resilience standpoint, in that context, where am I at on the physical side, the emotional side, the intellectual side, the spiritual side, and the financial side? Um, so that as I enter into the next podcast, I can pick the one that I want to work on. And as yeah. you have promised, we're going to dive deeper into working in um, working on the one where we want to focus. Uh, Because we do this one at a time to build resilience. So,
0: yeah, and here's what I'm going to suggest. Yeah, I'm going to suggest that our listeners write down those five. So, I'll go through them one more time. We're starting with physical and then intellect and then emotional, number two, intellectual, number three, spiritual, number four, financial, number five. So, I'm going to ask you to write each of those down and then rate yourself for how you feel right now about your resilience in each of those areas on a scale of one to 10. One is, I feel totally burned out. I feel totally fatigued or stressed. And 10 is, I feel really strong in this area. So if you rate yourself for each of those five on a scale of one to 10, it's gonna give you some clue of where you might want to start. Now, you might immediately know which one you want to work on first. But it's one way that we can become more aware of what our current level of resilience is and where there's opportunity for growth. And then think about what does it look like to have stress recovery, stress recovery in each of these five areas? What does it look, we talked about physical today what does it look like to have emotional? Norman Cousins was an example of the emotional. What does it look, this is fascinating to me. What does it look like to have stress and recovery when it comes to intellectual resilience? That's fascinating to think about. What does it look like to have stress recovery when it comes to spiritual resilience? And finally, financial resilience. So if, if we will think about those things, then in our next conversation, we can talk a little bit more in detail about how you build resilience in each of those five areas.
1: Fantastic. All right. You can find more about this and many other leadership. Topics at thecompleteleader.org, all one word, thecompleteleader.org. Learn more about Ron and what he can do for your business at price-associates.com. And Ron's always open for an email message from you. His email address, ron at price-associates.com place to find ron be sure and like and subscribe to this podcast if you haven't done so already we appreciate a rating and a review as well hopefully we've earned five stars from you that helps other people looking for leadership material find it easier as they're searching podcasts and definitely be sure to check out the for so many resources when it comes to growing in leadership this is the complete leader podcast everything you need to become a high-performing leader
0: Thanks for listening to the Complete Leader Podcast. Find more online at thecompleteleader.org.